On today's show, it is a little game of what's more likely. We'll talk about Matt Duchesne in Dallas versus Philip Forsberg in Nashville, the best up-and-coming youth performance, and whether the Predators will get off to a hot or cold start. We'll talk about it today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to start with a special hello to our loyal Locked On Pred heads, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate the support you give us week after week. I'm Nick Morgan. I am a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. So today, Ann and I are going to play a little game of what's more likely. We're going to take a couple of different scenarios surrounding the Preds and uh, maybe some former Preds. Oof. We're going to debate uh, what is more likely to happen. Like what possible scenario do we think is more uh, likely? So, and let's start off. Uh, with the story that I think uh, captivated a lot of Predators faithful. Yeah, probably had an opinion on it one way or another. Uh, Matt Duchesne, of course, no longer in Nashville. He is a member of the Dallas Stars, a very good team. Mm -hmm. So that got us thinking, Ann, what is more likely next season? Matt Duchesne has more points or Philip Forsberg has more points? Yeah, this is one that is a painful, it's it's a painful one to look at. You know, Matt Duchesne joining Dallas on a one-year deal. Dallas, of course, is in a very different place than the Nashville Predators. So there's a lot of factors that I feel like you have to weigh in with when you're debating what's more likely, Duchesne or Forsberg, you know, collecting more points. Of course, like I said, Duchesne's on a team that's interested in making a deep playoff run. This is a team that's got Rupe Hintz. It's got Jason Robertson. It's got Joe Pavelski. It's got Wyatt Johnston. You know, so this is a team that has all of the pieces, you know, in place to do something like that. You add Matt Duchesne into the mix. What does that mean for him? You know, speculation is he's going to be playing perhaps with Wyatt Johnston, which, you know, would be kind of an interesting duo. Uh, is he going to play center? Is he going to play wing? Not 100% sure on how that's going to all kind of land. So there's a ton of potential, I think, for Matt Duchesne to have a very successful season. I don't know if it's the same situation with Philip Forsberg necessarily. Okay, but but here's so so what's your pick? My pick, believe it or not, after saying what I just said, I'm actually leaning towards Philip Forsberg. Let me tell you why. Okay. Barry Trotz has been very upfront when he's talking about where the Predators are. You know, they're not where Dallas is. They're gonna need to, you know, take a step back before they take a couple steps forward. And I think that that's probably true across the board, but I don't think the Predators can afford to do that with Philip Forsberg. I think 
everything is going to be structured so that Philip Forsberg is successful offensively. Because if you think about it, he is now the offensive guy. Mm -hmm. So while they may make decisions and some adjustments that are maybe going to mean some other players maybe take a step back or don't have quite the, the same season, I don't think the Predators are going to be willing to make decisions that sacrifice what Philip Forsberg can do. So for me, even though I think Matt Duchesne's team is going to see more success, I think Philip Forsberg may see more minutes. And I think the Predators are going to structure their lineup so that he is set up for the most success of any of the players. That's, you know, they, they've certainly been trying to set that up, though, for a while. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is now the Predators are taking this big step back and they don't have as many offensive weapons than they had in, in 2022. Is Philip Forsberg going to be that same type of player? And yeah, Andrew Burnett is here. Uh, mm -hmm. who's a better offensive style and maybe he can find a way that you know Philip Forsberg kind of goes back to being an 80 point player to me the the more intriguing thing is how Dallas is going to use Matt Duchesne because this is a player uh, who can still score who can still do a lot of things in the offensive side of the ice really well and look at the weapons he's going to be there with guys like you know Wyatt Johnston who had a very good first season Jason Robertson you know the first 100 point scorer in franchise history and that franchise has been around a very long time mm -hmm. um you know look at all you know guys like you know still have Jamie Benn still have Tyler Sagan got guys like Rupe Hintz who had some big scoring seasons you know Miro Haskinen on the blue line yes Matt Duchesne in the right situation this is somebody that can take advantage of the weapons and, you know, maybe he's not a first-line guy in Dallas or anything, but, you know, if Dallas winds up becoming like Colorado from two seasons ago. And they uh, could. Remember all the depth scoring that was on Colorado back then. I mean, their second-line center, Nazem Kadri, had 85 points. So it's also not out of the question for Matt Duchesne to get to 80 points either, Anne. Mm. Well, and I also, you know, you have to factor in where Matt Duchesne is at. We've talked about this before. When Matt Duchesne is in a prove-it position, he steps up. And so I do think he's going to be very successful in Dallas. I think this is going to be a season where Matt Duchesne really makes a statement. He's going to want to make a statement about like, hey, you bought me out this is what you're missing. And, and so I, I think that you're going to see success from Duchesne. I just think the team in general in Nashville is going to be structured, centered around Philip Forsberg. Whereas in Dallas, when you've got Rupe Hintz and Robertson and all these other players, you don't need to center your offense around Matt Duchesne. He's going to be a depth piece. He is going to be a, a scorer for them. He is going to be set up for a lot of offensive success. I just think the Predators are going to have to structure so much of their offense around Philip Forsberg as they develop some of these younger offensive players as well. So for me, I think Forsberg is going to be set up for success, perhaps a little bit better than Duchesne. Yeah. Fair, I mean, fair point. Uh, it's be really me, interesting to watch. To me, and I'm going to have to go Duchesne. Oh, yeah. I think Duchesne's yeah. going to have more, and I don't think that's going to be the norm moving forward. But uh, this year in particular, the Preds, I don't think, have a lot of options uh, around them. And I think, you know, Matt Duchesne's going to take advantage of a good situation in Dallas. So 
yeah, I got Matt Duchesne. All right. It's going to well, be a fun one to watch unfold. Cannot wait to see the internet uh, in nine months. <laughs> if that's indeed what happens. You're right. All right. So there's a lot of young players uh, on the Predators roster. We referenced some of that when talking about uh, Philip Forsberg earlier and whether or not he can reach his scoring potential. Speaking of potential, which one of those young forwards do we think is going to have the best season? For the Nashville Predators. We're going to debate that in just a second. But first, I want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens and AG1. Maybe you're like me. You want to be healthy. You want to eat well. But it's always easier said than done, right? Well, that's not the case with AG1. Just one delicious scoop of AG1 and a glass of water every day, and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day, right? It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, aging, pretty much everything your body needs to be healthy. It can be hard and expensive to buy all of those different supplements and vitamins and protein powders, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. Well, AG1 costs you less than 3 dollars a day and you're investing all in uh you know you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance and it's cheaper than your daily cold brew habit more important cheaper than buying all of that separately yourself so reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit uh, drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Again, that is drinkag1.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Ann, we are playing a little game of what's more likely going through mm-hmm. a few scenarios for the Nashville Predators next year. Here's another interesting one. We have a lot of young players on the Predators roster next year. There's four in particular that fans really have circled. Mm-hmm. Tony Glass. Yep. Luke Evangelista. Phil Tomasino. Tommy Novak. Of those four, who is more likely to have the best season? Mm. This is such a great question. And I feel like each one of these players could be their own podcast when you're looking at like who's going to have a breakout season. For me, each one of them has something that you kind of have to weigh in. So when I think about Phil Tomasino, you know, we saw what he was able to do a couple seasons ago playing, you know, fourth line minutes. This is a young player who could contribute. This season came up, he played 31 games. We saw a lot from him on the power play. For me, where's his five on five game going to be? Like, is he going to be able to contribute offensively five on five? So that's one of the little like sticking in it for me, for Tomasino. Luke Evangelista came out of nowhere. This is a player that they literally thought was going to be in Nashville for a weekend. They brought him up for a weekend y'all. And he just decided, no, I'm here and I'm going to, going to stick around. I'm going to hang around. 
had a great season, you know, as players were dropping like flies, Evangelista got himself some top line minutes and really made the most of that opportunity. I, I think he's probably one of the most exciting things that happened last season for the Nashville Predators. Of course. Yeah. You know, just came out of nowhere and really showed, look, my game is, is NHL ready. Of course, you look at Tommy Novak, what he did last season coming out of nowhere and really, I mean, he ended up being what the third leading goal scorer, fourth leading goal scorer for the team, you know, down the stretch. And then Cody Glass, like this is Cody Glass's year, y'all. We saw what he did last year. So there are aspects of each of these four players that I think set them up for success. Uh, next season. But if it comes down to who is more likely to have the best breakout season, it's not an easy pick for me, but I'm actually going to go with Cody Glass. I think he's the sure thing as, as, as Vivian Ward says in Pretty Woman. I'm a sure thing. Yeah. I am. It's so tough. Cody Glass to me is almost the safe pick here. He is the safe pick. Because I do think he's the guy that, you know, had the biggest NHL contributions last year, Mm -hmm. um, had, you know, the most experience. He seems to be the guy that the Predators are kind of hoping is their number one center. Mm -hmm. Uh, If he can kind of, you know, stick around and and be that and have Ryan O'Reilly be sort of that veteran depth guy right behind him. I'm intrigued at what Luke Evangelista can do. Yes. Because mm-hmm. what he showed, that it's different than Glass or Tomasino. I think Tomasino is going to have a big year, too. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, you know, Evangelista is more of that sort of get people out of your seats type of player that Barry Trotz, you know, talked about mm-hmm. in the offseason, like that the type of player he wanted the Preds to have. You know, the way he drives to the net, the way he finishes, you know, the quality of his shot, that's a little bit of a different element than maybe, you know, the other three guys were talking about. The biggest question mark is whether he's going to make the team out of camp. We think he should. You know, we think the Predators, you know, not reserve a spot for him, but, you know, give him a chance to absolutely win it without, you know, having to worry about veterans in front of him or, you know, waiver options and all that. Um, but if he does and, and he becomes like a regular top six player, this to me is a guy that can go off and have an absolute breakthrough rookie season, uh, still eligible for the Calder trophy. This to me is, is going to be like maybe the boomer bust pick. Mm, yeah. And I can see where Evangelista could definitely be the guy who has that breakout season. I think they're probably going to err on the side of, and again, he's got to earn his spot, but I think the Predators may err on the side of giving him more opportunities. He is the most Forsberg-esque, I think, of the four that we're talking about, as far as high hockey, hockey IQ, as far as shooting, as far as you know, just the way he thinks the game offensively. My my, my dark horse is Tommy Novak. Now, I don't think Tommy Novak's going to see top line minutes when you have a healthy roster all back together. But what I think Tommy Novak can do 
especially with the right line mates, like you saw what he did with Evangelista and Sherwood, it, you know, kind of down the stretch for the Nashville Predators. Don't know that he's going to end up on the same line as Luke Evangelista, like we're talking about. But if he's on a line, even like a third line with players like Kiefer Sherwood or, you know, whoever he's with, this is a guy who can produce under almost any circumstance. So for me, he's my kind of, you know, it could be, it could surprise everyone because, you know, I think Novak knocked everybody's socks off last season. I think that might be just who he is. And I don't know that it's going to matter so much where he falls in the lineup as much as it will matter, you know, chemistry with his line mates and giving him that opportunity. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think Tommy Novak is kind of the wild card because everybody looked at his last season. I was like, yeah, there's some good numbers there. Is that sort of the norm? So I think that's that feels like a question that everybody is still uh, trying to figure out, you know, what's what's the next step? What does Phil Tomasino have to do to surprise you? To surprise me? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I would like to see more of a goal scoring touch. Yeah. From him. You know, we, we know he's got the past. We know he can create plays for other people. Uh, to me, I would love to see, um, you know, I would love to see him kind of be able to go and step up and maybe create some plays for himself. Yeah. That, yeah. that that's kind of what I want to see. Yeah. Uh, in just a second, with all the changes the Nashville Predators have made this offseason, a lot of people are wondering what is the outcome for next season going to be. We're going to dive into that in just a second. But first, want to remind everybody that Locked On Predators is your free daily Nashville Predators podcast. You can get us wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, any of that good stuff. Uh, all you have to do is search Locked On Predators podcast in whatever platform you use and hit that subscribe button. So you'll always know when we have new episodes out for you or also on YouTube. So hit that subscribe button there as well. All right, Ann, with all the changes the Nashville Predators have made this offseason, let's talk about their performance for next season. We've talked about the wild schedule. Yes. In October. Uh, a lot of big names on there. So what's more likely to happen? The Predators succumb to the pressure and start out cold. Or the Predators surprise people and get off to a hot start. Mm. I can tell you which one we all want it to be. <laughs> So yes. you look at <laughs> you look at the October schedule. These are the teams that the Predators are going to face out of the gate. You're looking at teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning, Edmonton, Seattle, Boston, Toronto, playoff teams. And then you've got a couple teams like Vancouver and you've got San Jose as well. So what is more likely? Are the Predators going to surprise everybody and maybe upset some of these contender teams from last season? Or are they going to struggle to get any wins at all? For me, this all comes down to one word. And that word for me is composure. I don't necessarily think it has as much to do with lineup decisions. I don't know that it has as much to do um, with uh, chemistry or, or individual player performances right out of the gate. I think it has to do with composure. 
Because when you look at what happened at the end of last season, the Nashville Predators certainly did not have the best lineup in many of their matchups down the stretch. You know, they were playing all of these young players, veterans were out. But this team played with so much composure at the end of the season. Now, can they come back with that? This is going to be a different team. You've added Ryan O'Reilly. You've added Gustav Nyquist. You have added Luke Shen. You've added some pieces. You've also taken away some big pieces. Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne. So it's a different looking team. For me, the question is, can these young players come in and kick off this season, kick off this new chapter under the pressure of, hey, we've got to try to make a name for ourselves. We've got to try to be these young players that are developing in the league. Can they do all of that with composure? If they can, I can see them upsetting one or two of these teams. Yeah, A lot of it too comes down to UC Soros. That's what I thought your one word was going to be was yeah. UC. UC. Yeah. I look at the schedule and I think maybe the one thing that would give you some hope is mm -hmm. that, you know, some of these big name teams are also kind of a, in a let's, we're kind of figuring ourselves out right now, period. You know, we mentioned the Boston Bruins. That is going to be a very different looking yeah. team uh, than the one last year. The Tampa Bay Lightning also uh, in a little bit of a transitional period as well even though they got a lot of their you know their core obviously you know they're they sort of been shuffling their depth here and there um you know if if the predators i can see the predators maybe best case scenario you know taking advantage coming out of the gate strong you got a lot of motivated young players mm -hmm. i know i could see them winning you know Let's let's say like six out of the nine games to start the season. Okay, I like your optimism. Yeah, and you know that's again very very uh, high end. Right. Yeah, like very very high end. You know, case right there. But I mean, that's you know you you would be happy with that if you're a Nashville Predators fan. Now it could go the other way. You know, and we could see one of those like notorious UC Soros slow starts. Oh gosh! Uh, you know, there there could be some shuffling. Maybe some people that we thought were going to start in Nashville start in Milwaukee because waivers and roster, you know, layups and all that good stuff. It, it could go the other way. It's interesting because the Predators, to me, and you know, this the first month of the season. Seems like it can almost be an extension of preseason for the national because it seems like Andrew Burnett and Barry Trotz are not going to be in a huge rush to really like get their roster together out of the gate. Like mm -hmm. this may be, you know, kind of a trial and error thing for a lot of different players. You know, maybe they're like, okay, these guys had the good camp. Maybe some other players need some more seasoning in the minors doesn't really work out to start. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, we were playing this player here. Maybe, you know, we, we thought Tommy Novak was a third line guy. Maybe we need to move him up front or, you know, we, we had Yusuf Parson in playing here. Maybe he's better as a center down the middle. Right. There's going to be kind of a lot of a mixing and matching. And because of that, I don't think Andrew Burnett is going to be too into the results in the first month. Mm -hmm. As much as he is, okay, 
where does everybody play? Who who has the best chemistry with any, with each other? Do these people fit better here or here in the lineup? Right. They're going to get a chance, I think, to really try a few uh, different things, a few different strategies, a few different places. And so because of that, yeah, maybe the Nashville Predators are, you know, kind of hot and cold to start. Yeah. And I think Preds fans are going to have to have a little bit of patience because I know that, you know, roster changes and lineup switches, you know, has been kind of a frustrating thing. But I think with a new head coach, when you're kind of in a new chapter, I think that's going to probably, like you said, that's going to probably be the norm. I wish that the Predators had a little bit easier schedule coming out of the gate in October. They really are facing a lot of really good teams, teams that are committed to making deep playoff runs. But let's see what they can do. I think training camp is going to be so important, not just for performances individually, not for lineup decisions, but I think for the vibe. You know, if this group can come in and kind of get that Ryan O'Reilly, why can't we contend vibe? And get some confidence and find the joy in in this reset. I think they could be a heck of a lot of fun coming out of the gate. But there are so many logistical factors they're going to have to work through. So we may have to have some grace. I am not as optimistic. I'm not as optimistic about six wins. I would really like to see the Predators come out with like four. I would be delighted. Four out of nine? Four out of nine. I'm more optimistic than you, apparently, (laughs) which is which is very rare. It is very rare. I'm usually the Ted Lasso of hockey, but here I am a little Roy Kenting. Yeah. Uh, Inverting the pyramid of optimism. There you go. I would say Uh, (laughs) let us know what you guys think. Uh, Let us know on our YouTube page. Drop a comment or tweet us at LO underscore predators. X us. Whatever whatever that's called now. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter. Saying X just makes me feel a little uncomfortable at ANK underscore mama on ice. In this case, X does not give it to you. Uh, (laughs) That was a a lame joke. Yeah. Anyway. uh, Yeah. Uh, follow me on underscore NS Morgan or read my work at penlayboxradio.com. That's going to do it for uh, us on today's Locked On Predators podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow.